Hello and welcome again to the Talking Guitar Podcast, brought to you by the North American Guitar in Nashville, Tennessee. I am your host, Lindsay Straw, and today we're doing another episode featuring a luthier based in Quebec, this time Julian Soublet. Julian shares a workshop with Louis Bourteau, who we featured last time, and who will make a little cameo appearance in today's episode. Julian told me all about his trajectory, from the very first desires to build a guitar through the pragmatic route of cabinet making in Switzerland, then on to the National Luthery School in Quebec City, where he's been crafting his beautiful Art Deco-influenced guitars ever since. We did this interview via Zoom, so as usual, we've also released a video version where you can watch our chat and see some shots and video clips of his guitars in action, this time all in the hands of Carl Miner. Yeah, I was working on the ukulele right now, so Aww. there it is. <laughs> Nice. So do you work with other folks in your shop? Or? Oh, yeah. I work with uh, Loïc uh, Bortot from Bouchereau Guitar. He's oh, just in the background it. there. Oh, we just chatted last week. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> I didn't realize you guys worked alongside each other. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We met a few years ago and been working together for five years now. Okay. So. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I mean, I guess we'll just like launch right into it since you're a new luthier to uh, to Teaneg. I'd love to just hear a bit more about your um, your experience going from Switzerland through the cabinet making program, or I guess a program or sort of education, and then ending up in Quebec. Yeah. Well, actually, cabinet making was a part of my transition to guitar making since the beginning, mm -hmm. as I did want to become a guitar maker for a few years before and i decided to take a class in cabinet making just to have some basics about woodworking uh knowing how the wood reacts and how to work with the tools and everything so i thought it was like the right way to do so mm -hmm. started there took the four-year program in geneva switzerland then uh, when i graduated uh, in uh, 2014, I think, yeah, 2014, I moved to Quebec City and started the, the straight at the autumn at the National Lottery School in, uh, in Quebec City. So it was a part of the, the process I planned to, to yeah. go through cabinet making first. Interesting. Was there a reason why you decided to do that instead of just jumping straight into Luthery? Um, I felt more, com uh, it, it, well, Luthery seemed to me like a huge mountain I couldn't climb straight up so I had to prepare it was kind of my <laughs> training let's say yeah so uh, I learned a lot and I'm pretty glad I did so because it really helped me with uh, from my design to the way I work with wood in every aspect of it uh, really helped me so yeah uh, it, it was really part of my process and yeah, learned a lot from cabinet making, uh, also finishing. So, yeah, yeah, it seems like a lot of, of European luthiers kind of go through a similar process. Like I know, I think Nick Huber did. Um, yeah, it just seems to be kind of a common thing, which I, I mean, I get that it makes a lot of sense. And to have that sort of be almost like your fallback in a way, like you get to have that training and then you do have a like a job that you could do while you pursue yeah. this more like sort of ethereal, beautiful thing. So that's that's really cool. <laughs> yeah so that was sorry yes that was kind of the rational thinking too i had yeah. like let's say if i have to fall back as you say i would have something still in wood working so right exactly 
Um, so, so you knew that you wanted to eventually end up in guitar making even before you started the cabinet making. So was that because you'd been playing for a long time and you just knew that you really wanted to build instruments or how did you, how, what was your, I guess, your musical journey, that side of it? Yeah, uh, I don't come from a musician family. So I started guitar with a teacher when I was seven mm -hmm. and I never really performed it. I can play it well, but like never was a, a huge great player and as time was going I decided I needed to know more about the, the guitar more than just play it but how it works how it was made so I started going uh, on my three Saturdays to uh, uh, a luthier in, uh, in the area where I lived at the time and started there did a few repairs just watching him working and then yeah that decided me to 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 take the step and I decided that time I knew I did I needed to know more about the guitar than just playing it yeah mm -hmm. oh very cool um and so that was where you sort of got the the seed of like okay this is what I want to do I want to take this even farther that's where that was planted yeah yeah that's how it started yeah let's mm -hmm. say so um for your style of guitars that you make um do you feel like music has influenced your choices or do you sort of think about it more in terms of who you're making the guitars for and like what styles of players you're making for well in the first place i design the the, the models i build today and uh, all my my building today still are designed in the way that i enjoy what i deliver in the end Mm -hmm. uh, I always work with the musician, but yeah, uh, I I started with, yeah, trying to do something I would love to play, mm -hmm. which, yeah, put the the basic of uh, of the choices I made at the time and still today. So, I wasn't a huge. Uh, I, I didn't know a lot about fingerstyle playing before I started uh, building guitar and when I discovered it I really decided to go for this kind of play because mm -hmm. uh, in the end that's the that's what I play today when I take a guitar yeah. and yeah really love the the way it can bring all the the parts of a song together and really amplify it kind of so yeah yeah i think loic and i were talking about how with fingerstyle guitar it's just you're sort of really putting the guitar through all of its paces whereas if it's just a rhythm guitar it's kind of just doing one job but with fingerstyle you get to it needs to do so many things because it is the only instrument in a lot of cases so there's a lot to explore there yeah but yeah at the, i went through a lot of phases from metal to software rock to to rap hip-hop and i have a lot of influences but when it comes to building guitars i i lay to the the, the finger style music mm -hmm. and nice so do you have um a lot of favorites in terms of finger style guitarists well uh i'm lucky enough to live in quebec city so there are a lot of amazing guitarist uh, living here or in Montreal and also coming by. So yeah, uh, Andy Mackie is one of my favorite, even if he's not in Quebec City, clearly, but uh, Antoine Dufour too. Mm -hmm. we, have the, we have the chance to have him in the city so we can see him perform frequently. 
uh, John Gum is a huge inspiration. I discovered him a few years ago, playing with Don Ross at the time in Quebec City. Okay. Don Ross too is a, yeah. a, a an incredible musician. But for the finger style part, I would say yeah, the, these names. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Queen, which is out of the finger style. <laughs> and my my biggest regret is to be born in uh, 1992. <laughs> so never had, never had the chance to see them perform, but yeah. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the guitars. Well, your guitars in general, but also the ones that you specifically sent us because these are absolutely gorgeous. And this Sapelli OM is just like, it's so loud. I like just like sitting down to play it. I'm like, whoa, this does not sound like an OM at all. It's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, what do you do? Do you do anything different in terms of your bracing style or anything that people would be able to sort of like interpret into their understanding of of the guitar? Uh, well, I I, re- I redesigned the, the bracing on the OM model, which is the second model I designed uh, uh, in the same with the same idea as I did for the Grand Auditorium, uh, which is uh, the traditional X brace. But uh, instead of the fingers beside the, the, the X brace, uh, I had a fan with three bars and a transversal. Okay. So I feel like it really helps to balance the sound and make the, 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 the top more, not more reactive, but like more balanced in the way it will vibrate according to the, to the, to the strings and everything. So yeah, I, I, I redesigned kind of the, 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 the classic X bracing and and pretty happy with the results. So I, I just like adapted it to the to the OM shape, which I redraw to. So cool. Awesome. And then so I've never seen like Sapelli or Mahogany used on the fretboard like that. Was that a just kind of like a stylistic choice or was there a like a playing responsive choice with that? A uh, bit of both actually. This Sapelli is uh, for the fingerboard is the same as I used for the back and side. Mm-hmm. And I had this huge lug of Sapelli. Uh, I used for just reinforcement parts for years. And I suddenly realized I could use it for back and sides. And it was already too late. I had one back and side left <laughs> for this. But the, the, this Sapelli was uh, exceptionally dense compared to uh, traditional Sapelli. Okay. It was as dense as Indian rosewood. So I felt comfortable using it for the fingerboard without re- risking the the... the the stability of it and getting it to just cave down. So yeah. I had the, the 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 chance to use the last piece of it to, to make <laughs> a guitar instead of reinforcement. And uh... <laughs> nice, yeah, that's it's beautiful. And um, I love that you did the the black uh, neck. I feel like I've only ever seen that on Mario Beauregard's guitars, but it's such a cool touch, especially contrasted with like the Sapelli coloring. So beautiful. Yeah, and that was the the. the 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 end goal of it it was to make that flashy contrast uh, yeah. from the the brownish satellite to the very dark snake yeah and so the maple grand auditorium another so beautiful so like it's big but it's not super it's not like overwhelmingly huge but definitely has that big sort of almost like jumbo like sound especially with, with maple so was this just sort of like just going for the classic sort of approach with this one or anything special oh this one was a was a tricky one actually it <laughs> came from uh i did a ukulele which is like the exact 
same instrument as it because my ukulele shape is designed. I took the grand auditorium shape and shrinked it to fit the needs of a tenor ukulele. Oh, really? And I did a ukulele with the same wood for the top, back, neck. Everything is the same. Also, the brass inlay. Mm -hmm. uh, and I did want to work with metal for years since I spoke with the late Tom Dower uh, in um, the Artisan Guitar Show a few years ago. And I love the way he worked with metal and uh, silver. And I started working with brass on the ukulele because I didn't want to, to go that far on the guitar at the beginning. Yeah. And yeah, because it's really tricky. All the inlays working with brass is completely different from working with wood. So yeah. I, had to, to, uh, I tried it on the ukulele and I decided to make a grand auditorium, which would be the, well, actually it came as a pair at the beginning so both were identical with the same wood the same inlays everything was identical and i ended up with the guitar you have now so cool yeah that's really neat yeah i, I love the, the so is, is that brass on this one too it just yeah. looks like gold colored okay yeah that's so beautiful but that's yeah you don't see that a lot so that's pretty difficult to work with oh yeah 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 uh <laughs> <laughs> my, I had to sharpen my tools so many times like uh, every time I, I, I had to cut the meters on every inlay of this guitar and I did it with the end chisels and yeah every every cut was like damaging the blade and I had to 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 sharpen it every every 30 minutes just to keep going oh geez that's crazy wow so in terms of like your aesthetics, I feel like, and I think I talked about this with Loic too, that there's like almost this cohesion, like you're like a lot of the, the guitar makers who are, who come out of like the Quebec area, it seems like there's this tendency towards that, like very artistic um, sort of like, I don't want to say it's like flashy cause it's not, it's like, but it's more geometric, very tasteful. And, um, and it seems like it, each of you are very distinct from the other, but there's kind of like a, a cohesion to it, oddly enough. And so, and it's so different from, you know, like the more American, like traditional, you know, herringbone or people who are doing like more nature-y looking rosettes or something like that. It's, there's like this sort of like, like, I guess elevated is my, my go-to word for it. Cause it's very, it just seems very refined to me. And so can you tell me more about like how you ended up with your specific sort of aesthetic style? Well, uh, in cabinet making and uh, at the Luthery School in Quebec City, we had uh, many classes about arts and uh, different movements and everything. And that really helped me with figuring out what I like and what I didn't like uh, in, uh, in history. And I really fell in love with the hard deco uh, movement, mm -hmm. which really... I think really appears in the, in the inlays I, I use on my instrument. I love all the squares line, very geometrical, as you said, and uh, yeah, kind of, uh, uh, sometimes I think I love too much doing meters and <laughs> I have to stop myself uh, doing, doing some because I could spend uh, way too much time on a rosette just Mm -hmm. adding meters and uh, everything but yeah I, I love all this uh, geometric and uh, symmetrical I stopped to had some asymmetrical yeah. design in, uh, in my in my guitars now but uh, yeah I love the, the this um, 
this contrast it gives with the all the organic shape of the of the guitar really kind of clashes with it and very uh very liney very angular so yeah yeah i think that's a good way to describe it it's got it feels very i guess almost like northern because i guess like brian gallup kind of does similar things with his guitars so maybe it's maybe it's like a northerly thing but yeah that art deco influence i think just goes so sort of your own approach on the classic designs, like kind of trying to get from like the parlor size to the jumbos, or do you have, do you kind of narrow it a little bit down further? Well, actually for the acoustic guitars, these are the two models I built. So the Grand Auditorium and the, the UM model. The Grand Auditorium, I designed it um, while I was still, uh, I, I had the first draft for the shape when I was still uh, in class at the National Rookie School and restarted using the, not using, but inspiring the lines of Kraut, uh, Raymond Kraut, mm -hmm. uh, which I was, I love the work and trying to have a very organic instrument. So with rounded shoulders and narrow, narrow shoulders too. So yeah, I started with that uh, for the Grand Auditorium. So a bit more, let's say, contemporary. For the OM model, I started with the, the classic Martin model, the, the OM, but I wasn't a huge fan of the flat top and bottom. So I just redraw the shape to have a more, still more organic. Uh, I think I, I love this word for, <laughs> for <laughs> designing a shape in a guitar, but yeah, more organic with rounded top and uh, not a, a too flat bottom, so. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, that, oh no go ahead sorry it's kind of a, a mix in between tradition for the om and more contemporary for the, the grand auditorium but mm -hmm. yeah um yeah i feel like i feel like that more rounded shape maybe that's what gives it so much more volume like i know jeff jewett he just brought us a, a double o but he really rounded out the bottom so it doesn't have that sort of boxy double o look and it's it sounds more like an om like that was kind of his goal was to get that om sound in the, o, the double o body and so I wonder if that just that a little bit of extra like room in the body or something maybe get, like really adds to the voice a lot. Do you think that's probably the case? That might be the case. Actually, it's always surprising how a, a very tiny change in the shape of an instrument can make the, the volume of the air contained in the box vary a lot because of the because of the, the volume of it and the, the, the 3D aspect of, a, of an instrument uh, really, really changes a lot and end up uh, changing a lot about the tone, the response and the volume of the, of the guitar in the end. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, well, do you do, do you work with dealers like us very often or do you do a lot of just custom orders directly for players? Uh, mostly custom orders. Uh, there's a, a shop here in Quebec City where I have some instruments uh, as uh, demonstrations. 
but uh, yeah, mostly custom orders or for uh, custom custom builds for shows uh, to present. Yeah. Do you find that people try out your instrument at shows or in the shop, and then eventually are like, actually, can I just directly order one from you because I want this, this, and that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, that's most of the of the of the way it goes. I feel like it's like people. You, you present what you what you feel comfortable doing and uh, not only uh, on the sound but also aesthetically mm -hmm. so people know what you can do with this design but also how your instrument will sound because we both are our own signatures mm -hmm. and then people decide with a, a discussion it's always it's always a discussion with the musician to guide them through what they want what they need and sometimes help them figure out that what they want or what they need is not what they want yeah so it's a it's always a discussion it's a it's a it, I, I love the, the the discussion with the client to help them figure out where they are going with mm -hmm. a custom build yeah how do you direct that conversation like do you what do you ask people to sort of do to give you an idea of what they want? Because it's so hard to describe tone. So, like, what what are what are your ways to like kind of suss out what they're really after? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That that's the tricky part of the job. Sometimes <laughs> trying to translate the, the 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 word the musician uses as mm -hmm. he how he feels the sound compared to how you feel it and how you express it. Yeah. But first, I try to figure out what he plays, how he plays it, uh, what kind of music. And then usually you can narrow down to a more clear and simple vocabulary once you figure out what the, the musician what the musician is about and what he what he will play and how he, he approach the, his, his playing and his music. So does he play loud? Does he play mellow? Is he uh, jazzy or more finger style and so yeah, yeah. first I, I try to i try to listen first before talking and and uh, and heading towards something I, I i try to listen the the the, the needs and the, the the person i have in front of me to to figure out his needs mm -hmm. awesome um well is there any tone wood that you feel like people should explore a little bit more that maybe they're not really giving enough credit to or that is maybe newer and not as uh, not as well known in terms of what people will be more familiar with well there are a lot of woods and many people have their reason which mostly are good to use woods uh i personally discovered um the glass fur a few years ago mm -hmm. and the glass fur is not very used uh, in guitar making uh, but going through time if it's very old dried it gets incredible and one of the best guitars i made was wow. in the glass fur uh amazing wood i i supplied from a, a guy in pennsylvania with this wood which is a funny story it was the floor of the gymnasium he was a teacher <laughs> there and mm -hmm. the gymnasium was uh, rebuilt so they tear it down but it was the floor for 50 years Mm -hmm. And it was huge slab. So the, the guy who is a, a guitar guitar lover, not a guitar maker, but a guitar lover, just selected the, the quarter zone slabs, resold them to make tops, and it was dry at least for 50 years. 
Yeah. And it's an amazing wood, sounds oh. incredible, like a bell. Uh, deep basses and very responsive so yeah i love this wood but you have to to find the the, the right the right piece of wood to work with it because it might not be as responsive it's if it's not dry enough mm -hmm. but yeah douglas fir is one of my unknown wood uh, i love yeah i think that's the first you're the first person i've heard say they've worked with douglas fir that's really interesting so it, you said it's a top wood it's kind of like spruce. yeah, yeah. top wood um, uh, it's it's kind of it sounds like like Sitka spruce, but gets lighter than Sitka spruce okay. as long as it dries. So mm -hmm. very nice. Mm, interesting. What did you pair it with on when you built the guitar out of it? Uh, it was an Indian rosewood back inside on a Noem model, and yeah, the the the, the sustain was incredible, and the 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 the, the, the bass respond like uh, it, it was so balanced, but very very reactive and present and mm -hmm. oh cool did you sell it to someone or do you do you still have it uh no i i went to ontario a few years ago now but yeah cool unfortunately don't don't have it anymore but somebody is happy with it i i think yeah, that's good <laughs> um so what if you were to build your own perfect guitar and i feel like every luthier is always like oh, i always end up selling all of them but if you had the chance to build your perfect guitar and not sell it you couldn't sell it what would you build for yourself i've uh, i built myself a grand auditorium which is a model i personally really really love uh, a few years ago and if I was to build one again, I would still go with the Grand Auditorium. Uh, I would go with the glass fur for sure for the top. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Indian Rose will back inside. Always, uh, I feel it's a, it's a very nice combo mm -hmm. and sound port for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, armrest too. Well, actually, it's kind of the guitar I built for myself a few years ago, but different woods. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, so Douglas fir, Indian rosewood. Gotta gotta get the word out on that a little bit more. Indian rosewood. I feel like I've been talking about this with everybody too. It's a little bit underrated right now. So yeah, it, un unknown and the underrated. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, really deserve to 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 be more considered because it's well, it's a it's a classic. Let's say Indian rosewood. Uh, you can't go wrong. Picking in general's wood. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason why it, why it is the classic that it is. Um, so I guess before we wrap up, uh, do you have anything else that you wanted to promote specifically, or are you going to be at any of the guitar shows this year where, where people can expect to see you? I'll be in the Fretboard Summit in Chicago uh, by the end of uh, August this year. So this is the last show for this year next year hoping to i really hope to be able to go back to uh, la corner mm -hmm. when they're uh, this year and this is one of my favorite show yeah I'm uh, so amazing crowd amazing yeah. team uh making up making it up uh, together so yeah very yeah. very nice show la corner awesome yeah we, we were so disappointed not to go i love that part of uh, pacific northwest it's so beautiful so oh yeah hopefully next year but um well <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. I'm, we're so excited to have your guitars in the shop and we'll, we'll do a big release of this, this, uh, this podcast, as soon as we get the guitars demoed and we can sort of splice everything in and make it really, uh, make it really exciting. So, um, but yeah, thank you so much for thinking of us and sending guitars our way. Thank you. Thank you to you for the amazing work and making it so easy to, to work with you. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Guitar. As of recording, both the Sapelli and Sitka Spruce OM and the Maple Grand Auditorium that Julian sent us are available for you to snag and add to your collection. Next up, we'll be airing my conversation with the luthier who builds everything from solid body electrics to classicals, Stephen Marchioni. He is currently working on a lovely new modern jumbo model for us and a beautiful set of European maple and Swiss spruce, and we'll talk all about it. To learn more about these guitars and all of our fabulous makers, come visit us at thenorthamericanguitar.com. Until next time.